If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today's guest is Aaron Scobie. Now, Aaron started showing youth quarter horses, competed in the Youth World Cup three times, and now he's got a training facility set up in Victoria that we're going to talk about. He does reining, cow horse, and cutting. Now, Aaron believes in taking time to establish the fundamentals to set up a horse for a long and sustainable career. And although success in the show pin is great, and he certainly had some of that, Aaron considers recognition amongst his peers to be his biggest driver. To be recognised as a horseman, someone who puts the horse first and does injustice, that's what's important. How are you today, Aaron? Oh, good, thanks, Glennis. How are you? Good, good. So, Aaron, how's the weather down there? Is it dry? Is it wet? It's not too dry where we are. We're mm-hmm. kind of lucky we um, get a little bit more rain than than a lot of people do, but it's certainly going to be a long summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard there's a bit of heat around. Yeah. Aaron, just so people can get to know you, have you got a favourite quote, something that you might use when you're teaching, when you're training, or just a quote you like to live your life by? Um, Yeah, I actually have quite a few. I tend to collect quotes (laughs) um, over over my life, but um, a couple that probably kind of come to mind, yeah, around horses and, and that I kind of think of uh, a fair bit is um, a really good quote from Matlock Rose, who's uh, one of the old, or was one of the old um, sort of you know, cutting trainers in the States, um, one of the legends. Um, and he, he used to say, horse shows are designed to show how much work you've done at home. Yeah. And I think that's a key thing to think about with, with what we're trying to do is, is you know, you see a a lot of times yeah, people get to shows and try and, you know, improve things. But, you know, if it's not done by then, you're kind of a bit late. Um, yes, yes. So that's, yeah, definitely one that I, I kind of keep in the back of my mind. Um, yeah, yeah. And the shows are fun and the training's a bit of a hard slog. But if you're not putting in the hard slog, you're not going to have the fun and the enjoyment and uh, do as well as well, what you possibly could. That's right. Uh, horse shows are a lot more fun when you win in, and that tends to be mm. from, but that's right. from all that hard slog. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you've started off on with cattle, didn't you, with your youth and, and quarter horses? You started off you're from New Zealand. Just tell us a little bit about yep. how you got started with horses. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I suppose, um, grew up in the in country New Zealand, um, and, and my best friend 
when we were going through you know, primary school and all that, his um, family had a sheep and beef farm and they had used horses to work the farm for a long time and they're sort of starting to, you know, get a bit more technologically advanced with motorbikes and bits and pieces, um, but still had horses there. And so, you know, we used to go out there and, and play around with them a bit. Um, it, I guess I would have been you know, nine or ten then and, and one day coming home from from their place and saying to mum, oh, you know, do you think we could ever, could, I could ever get a horse? And she kind of looked at me and said, yep, let's get two. Oh. Um, she would always liked horses and, yep. and, you know, mucked around with them a bit as a kid. So yep. um, that was kind of the start of that. Wow. That was pretty lucky. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was very lucky. I mean, life could have been very different otherwise, yep. but that's all right. Um, yeah, and then from there, uh, I was lucky enough to get involved. It was a, like a local um, local riding club um, that we used to go down to and one of the, the ladies that was doing the instructing there um, – She's a very good horsewoman and was into would start you know showing um, quarter horses and that sort of thing. Um, I guess you know it's all sort of the way things work out. But she had actually um, she had, used to do eventing and, and um, you know the English more the English side of stuff and um, you know showed with, with some of the, the really top trainers over in New Zealand. And um, she ended up being in the car accident and damaged her hand. So she started showing the quarter horses because she could show them one-handed. Ah, oh, okay. Yep, yep. And, um, yeah, so I got into the, the quarter horse scene sort of through that. Mm-hmm. You know, it started out with just a little um, – well, he wasn't a quarter horse. He was a, a little old schoolmaster that had been through the, the pony club deal and, um, you know, sort of taught him to do the, the Western stuff. Can you think of a time, and, and particularly probably with your little old schoolmaster, where you learned a lesson? You either learned what to do or what not to do. You know, sometimes these ponies can be characters and they sort of can teach you <laughs> very easily. Is there, can you think yeah. of a time that he's taught you something? Um, well, I think, you know, with him it was, it was always about um, being really clear about what I wanted. I mean, mm-hmm. he was... He, you know, he was he was pretty well trained. Had a really good foundation, um, you know, and had had actually taught quite a few kids how to ride. So, you know, if I could get things right, then then he was kind of go along and, and do it pretty well for me. And, and so it was really important, you know, yep. at that stage for me to really understand what I was asking for. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And that's that's kind of um, you know carried on all the way through. Um, to my training now is is I think you really need to have that clarity, clear foundations. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. So from him and then going professional, from when you first wanted to get a horse, was it just a gradual progression as you went through and did some competitions and competed and got better and better? Was it that you were always going to work with horses or was there a decision that you made? Um, it was it's probably not a decision that I've even made now. Um, so I've, I've had periods of time where I've, trained and you know that's been my my job mm. um and there's been you know lots of periods where I've done other work as well and, and you know but I guess looking back then um it was always definitely an option so yep. you know I'd obviously stepped on to different horses um through my youth years and that sort of thing and um you know I was pretty sure I was going to be a horse trainer mm-hmm. um, at, at the end of that um, and then you know you kind of start looking at what else is out there and, and yeah you know but certainly spent quite a few years just training horses, and, and yep. you know now I think I've got a 
pretty good balance um, to where we're we're not training full time. Um, yep. You know, so I, I work as well, but you know, we certainly still have a lot of fun with the horses and have the opportunity to to ride some good ones if they come up. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. So to be a good horse person, you know, it's more important than winning in the Chopin or the ring, whatever. To be a good horseman, if you've got any kids yourself or any young kids that you see, what skills, what character traits are you looking at to get that sort of person that is going to be a good horse person? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's something that um, I actually do think about a bit at the moment. I've got two young daughters who aren't really up to riding yet but I'm sure they will be <laughs> um, but it, to me to be a, a good horse person I mean first thing is you put the horse first uh, regardless yep. of what else is going on um, you know and part of that is being able to take the emotion out of things so when you are training um, you know you're not not reacting or acting off emotion it's, it's purely um, you know what's happening at the time and, and responding appropriately to it. Um, you know, but aside from that and, and, you know, the biggest, probably the biggest um, thing I think around being a good horseman or horse person is, is all the other stuff that happens away from actually riding the horse. So, you know, looking after them right and um, you know, making sure they're fed, making sure you, you know, look after their legs and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, some of the guys that, that, um, I learned from always used to say, like, if you, you know, you go into a, a football um, changing rooms after a game and, and no one's just sitting around there doing nothing, they're all, you know, jumping the ice baths and, you know, stretching or doing whatever else. And, and we really should be doing the same with our horses, you know, mm-hmm. given what we expect them to do. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So you've had, uh, you know, a few trainers, a few trainers that you've worked with, you know, but well, I suppose in the States, in New Zealand, and possibly in Australia. Yep. Who do you think's been the most influential? Probably yeah, pretty lucky. Um, you know, when I was showing in New Zealand, we were, um, you know, still pretty common to show and everything. So mm-hmm. you know, we through the youth years, we'd sort of show and everything from the you know the cow horse all the way through the holder and, and English events and that sort of stuff. And, yep. You know, that was a pretty way, a pretty good way to to learn about horses and, and mm-hmm. had some, you know, um, pretty good guys, um, uh, or men and women sort of show, you know show me how to do that sort of stuff. So Joe Dyer, the, the lady I spoke about earlier. Yes. Um, you know, and um, another guy, Dave Young, um, who was the coach for, for most of those youth world cups. Um, and Barry Ladd was was the um, manager and, and both of those guys have been big influences as well. Um, but then, you know, from a, a training point of view, I've always really looked looked up to, um, you know, some of the guys in the States that are super consistent um, across a, a real wide range of events. Um you know, guys like Bob Avila and, and Todd Bergen, um, who, you know, year after year will make the finals of, of the big events and, and, you know, they might show in the, the reigning maturity and the cow horse maturity and you know, Todd um started showing cutting as well and mm-hmm. you know, but they're always competitive um, you know, across those that wide range of events and I think that's that's a pretty cool thing. Um, and over, you know, in Australia, obviously, Ian Francis has, has sort of done the same thing. Um, you know, for me, that that's a pretty good mark to to be able to show consistently across a bunch of different events. It's, you know, specialising, it certainly has its challenges, but to be able to do it in a number of events and do it consistently uh, is, is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Stop. 
I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. But I think from underpinning that, you know, you're you're looking at them not just as competitors but as good horse people too. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's part of it. You know, you look at um, events, you know, like the Snapple Bit Futurity in the States, the Cow Horse Futurity, when they show all, you know, the world's greatest horsemen when they show in three or four events. Mm. Um, yeah, you've got to look after those horses pretty well. Yep, uh, yep. You know, to get yep. them through all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's, it, you know, it's a big thing. Yep, yep. Now, your first pony was influential. What about, have you got another one that you'd say, this horse has really influenced my... I suppose philosophy with horses, or you know, um, one that's a bit of a standout. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably got a few of those as well. <laughs> the um, one that one that definitely comes to mind. I'll probably talk about two, but one that comes to mind um, was a, a little gelding I had in New Zealand, and he was um, when I came back from the states. He was the first two-year-old I brought and, and started, um, and sort of trained all the way through myself, and. Um, he was probably showed me that I could get one trained how I wanted to, mm-hmm. um, you know, which was you know kind of cool after coming back from from the states and riding a bunch of good horses there and, and you know being able to put my own handle on one and, and you know have him coming out pretty nice. Um, so yeah, he was he was a pretty cool little horse. He actually um, won the reigning futurity over on him over in New Zealand and um, then he got. Um, Got cancer through his um, vertebrae, and, and we had to put him down after that, which is it's a shame. Sad. Mm, mm, yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. But then, so yeah, probably him, and then another uh, little mare that I trained over over here and showed at the snap with, uh, sorry, the cutting maturity. Mm-hmm. And um, I was reserving the limited open um, on her, and. You know, same sort of deal. She showed me that I, I could actually get one trained and, and compete with, you know, everyone else. You know, yep. yep. You know, so, yeah, that's sort of, I think, for everyone that's that's working towards being a trainer, you've got to get one of those horses that give you the confidence. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and so you start believing in yourself a little bit after that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you like working with your own horses? What makes you happiest, working with your own horses, working with a problem horse that's come in? That you know you've been able to connect with. What's the best? What's the best feeling for you? Um, I'll probably you know love taking two year olds and, and taking them all the way through. Okay. Um, more than anything, um, I you know I don't mind working with um, you know problem horses as such if, if I think they've got some potential. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know I kind of think there's there are a lot of nice horses out there as well. So you know um, sometimes you you kind of are best to to sort of pull the pin, and depending on what your goals are, um, 
but yeah, so for me, you know, whether it's, it's ours or, or someone else's, but working with you know the young horses and taking them all the way through, seeing what they're capable of, you know, yeah, yeah, probably what yeah interests me the most. Just thinking about those problem horses, have you got like a case study or something, you know, a problem horse that you might have started with and what technique did you use or how far did they go or how did you fix that particular horse's problem? You know, what was it doing before you got it and what were you able to do when you were working with the horse? Yeah. Um, yeah, it sort of depends on on what the horse is. I can't probably think of a specific one because mm-hmm. they all – you know, come and, and have certain issues, uh, and the approach is always kind of the same. It's just to to figure out, you know, take them back to to the basics and figure out where the holes are in their training. Um, yeah. Okay. Because you know that's where where the problems sort of come from. Um, I think um, can tend to overcomplicate things a little bit, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, you know, those problems are. Coming up because the horses are, you know, what we call in conflict, or, or you know, aren't really sure what we're asking for. Um, so if you, you know, just back things up a little bit and, and start thinking about, okay, you know, I kind of always keep in my mind, really only got to get these, these horses to stop, go, and turn. Yeah, and if you yeah, okay. Take it back to that level. Okay. Yes, because you talked about, you know, about the importance that you place on your fundamentals. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. What about people? What do you think that people in general, not you know, you might you might just choose, what can they do to stop the horses being a problem? What can they, um, you know, I'm thinking for the listeners, what's a training tip for them to improve their riding or handling skills so that there's less problem horses around? Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's probably pretty similar. <laughs> you know, it's... But a lot of times it's, it's just around slowing down um, and, and giving horses time to respond, mm-hmm. um, and then just focusing on on those basics again. You know, the classic one I always see um, is um, you know when people are trying to get horses to back up and they've got their legs on them. You kind of go, okay, well, how do you, how do you ask your horse to go forward? And say, so I put my legs on it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you think that might be a little bit confusing. Um, you know, in, in terms of we're asking, we're using basically the same cue um, to ask that horse to do two two things that are, you know, in opposition. Um, and, you know, they're always going to get a little bit confused there. So, you know, if you are going to do something like that, you need to be really clear about, you know, where you put your legs and, and make sure that you're consistent about doing exactly the same every time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, that's probably the, you know, one of the big things um, that will help people out. And the, the other big thing, I think, is um, a lot of times just getting out of their faces. Um, you know, if we're, if we're having to ride them around sort of hanging on their face to try and control their speed, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to teach them anything else okay. know, from there. Okay, okay. And what about legs, canter aids? Is there any confusion canter aids when horses strike off on the wrong lead because people are just saying canter rather than canter at left, canter right? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, that sort of can come back to a couple of things, but, you know, you, you quite often, um, you know, I guess, comes back to trying to get out of their faces a little bit. I always, you know, liken it to driving your car around with your handbrake on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and if you if you do that, eventually when you do want your brakes, uh, they're kind of halfway worn out. Um, you know, and it can be a bit the same with horses. Uh, but then as far as 
picking up correct leads and that sort of thing, it's it's really about just getting a bit of body control on them so they know that when you slide your leg back, you know, they, they shift the hip over a little bit and um, mm-hmm. then you're able to, you know, pick the shoulder up a little bit with your inside hand and then shape them up in a way that it's easy for them to, to pick up that correct lead. Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. And then it comes back to what I was saying before about giving them time to respond as well, um, you know, not just with our leads, but it, it's really easy to, if we, you know, would slide that leg back um, to ask for a lead and expect it to happen, you know, right now and, and put that amount of pressure on them, you know, you're going to get a horse that wants to run into its lead because it kind of gets a bit worried about what's happening next. Whereas if you, you know, slide that leg back and, and just give it, you know, you're not going to wait until they go halfway around the arena, but, you know, give it four or five strides to just try something and understand what you're asking it and keep it all relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Is there any other thing that you deal with on a regular basis that you say, you know, we've sort of talked about the the rain back and the canter and, um, you know, not hanging on to them all the time. Anything else that you think is going to be useful for our listeners? Just, you know, if they're about to go out and ride, what's some things that they could just, just a handful of things that they could just go, right, I'm doing this or I'm not doing it? What's another one? Yeah. Um, well, it really depends, you know, a little bit around where, where they want to go with your horses, but that's probably, you know, one of the key things is having a really clear idea of what you actually want to get done. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, and if, if the idea is, okay, today I just want to go out and, and have a nice ride, you know, out on the trail, well, then that's cool and that's what you, you go and try and achieve. But, you know, I always kind of say don't don't change your mind around what you're trying to achieve halfway through a manoeuvre. You yep. know, and, and so, again, quite often, you know, the turn around or spin and the raining's a good example you'll quite often see people go out and you know they'll start their spin um when they're training and halfway through it they'll go oh this is going really well i'm going to ask for more speed and you know start to step things up a bit and then the horse gets a bit worried and you know because he doesn't quite know what to expect anymore yeah there's always say like if everything's going well like that and you want to you know step things up just stop and, and really think about what you're trying to achieve um and and Think about what you're going to be happy with. Yes. And, and that's probably the key for, for all training. And, and, you know, that's why it can be really, really beneficial to actually get on a horse that knows how to do something. Yeah. Um, to get the feel of, of what you're happy with. Um, because if you, you know, trying to train them to, it doesn't matter what it is, you're trying to train them to be light and, and you don't have a really good idea in your head around what light is, you know, it's pretty hard to do that consistently. Mm, mm. Where are you headed? What's going on in the next twelve months, or you know, what are you, what are your plans for your future? Um, yeah, so um, next week we're heading down to Equitana. Yep, um, and we'll be down there for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, so I'm doing a couple of presentations down there um, around the ranch horse events. Mm-hmm. Um, so. They're obviously getting more and more popular, and so we'll go and talk about them a little bit. And then uh, I'm showing in the Ranch Horse Invitational and the Rain Cow Horse Masters uh, okay. classes down there as well. So 
that's next week. Um, and then after that, um, next 12 months, I suppose, we're looking at um, probably towards the, you know, this time next year, we'll start getting back into paturity horses a little bit. Yes. Um, you know, our focus for the next little while is really around just getting our place set up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of taking the next step there and, and getting a, a few more things set up on our place that we'd yep. like. Yep. And then, yeah, sort of looking at um, back into um, starting some two-year-olds and, and that sort of thing you know, around good. this time next year. Good, good. Now, you've talked quite a lot about being clear to the horse, clear with your aids, yep. clear with when you're teaching, teaching the fundamentals and going back to the fundamentals. You know, if there is a problem, always yep. going back to the fundamentals. If you're going to sum up your whole philosophy with horses, with training, before you go, yeah. you know, just something as a takeaway for our listeners. What what would you say just in a couple of sentences? Um, you know, it probably comes down to, you know, what we've talked about. It's it's have a really clear idea of what you want. And, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter what it is that you want, but just know what it is, um, you know, because we're all, you know, regardless, you know, if you're a, a rainer or a dressage rider or a show jumper or a cutter or whatever, you know, we all want, different things, but have a really clear idea of what that actually is. And then, you know, don't overcomplicate it. Um, just start with that stop, go and turn, and then getting some body control on them. Um, and you find that if you get that, and, and you know, we find it because these ranch horses, we've got to show them in a bunch of different events. If they've got good basics and, and you know, can travel consistently, um, you know, it's pretty easy to teach them all the fancy stuff. Um, and, you know, that's, that's the same across across all the disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, start with the basics, get good basics, and, and you'll find, um, you know, it, it's easy to, to add all the, the other bits and pieces to them once you've got that. Yep. Um, and yep. then, yeah, just, I mean, probably in a, in a couple of words, um, they use a few more than that then, but <laughs> in a couple of words, is just have a clear idea of what you want and take the time um, that it takes to get it. Yep. No, I think that's good, and I think uh, good advice, and good advice, as you said, for any discipline, you know, just yeah. just those fundamentals or the basics or, you know, some people might call them different things, but basically it's the basic training of a young horse. Yep. Yeah, so Aaron, if people would like to contact you because you're setting up your training facility now, you're, you know, looking for horses to, to take on as well, how can they contact you? Uh, probably the easiest way is just on Facebook. Um, yep. So we've got a, a Facebook page on there, um, ANK Scobie Performance Horses. Um, and, you know, that's probably the easiest way to, to get in touch to start with. And you can obviously see what, you know, what we're up to at the time as well. Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. And we'll have those details on your page, which will be horsechats.com slash Aaron Scobie, or just go to horsechats.com, search for Aaron or search for Scobie, and you'll find those contact details at the bottom of the page. We'll get them all off you and uh, make sure we've got the research there. Aaron, thank you. Thank you for talking to us today. Um, hopefully we'll catch up with you at Equitana, and um, good luck down there as well. And hopefully we'll catch up with you again sometime soon. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks a lot, Glenis. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352.
Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.